Raiders fans. You can be here for live NFL action all season long. As the official ticket marketplace of the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL, Ticketmaster is a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Whether you're cheering on the Raiders at home or away, find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Raiders. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass. Blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Welcome to Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union. I'm JT. Eddie Pascal is joining us this week. Lincoln Kennedy, the legendary Pro Bowl, will join us coming up next. And we're ready to roll. It's great to be back for another season of Raiders football on this great platform. And, Eddie, good to have you this week. Good timing for you. Week one is the Raiders travel to Denver. Yes, feeling good. Exciting time of the year, right? We talk about this all the time, that all 32 NFL teams, doesn't matter if the Raiders, the Niners, somewhere in between, you go in with optimism, you're excited about the journey ahead, and really we're at the bottom of the mountain looking up and, uh, and hoping for good things. As Mark Davis always says, we're undefeated. Let's keep it going. This, to me... As about as excited as, as I've been going into the start of a season for a, for a number of reasons. First, on the radio, podcasts, whatever I'm doing here, I think the level of Raider disrespect is at an all-time high in regards to just fans not realizing everything that this team has done. Yeah, and I think that when you look at, at this team on paper, and you and I have talked mm. about this a lot over the past three, four months, I think that there's an expectation from the fans, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, that everything gets fixed overnight. That Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels come in, they snap their fingers, and hey, here we go. You look at this team today, JT, compared to this team 12 months ago, the depth, the level of talent from 1 to 53, in my opinion, is a lot better. And in a really, really tough AFC West, you have to feel good from 1 to 53. And I think the Raiders, and it's a credit to Josh and Dave, have built this thing the right way. And it hasn't happened overnight, but they have built it the right way. So going into 2023, excited, optimism, and, and a lot of uh, positive things ahead for this team. Yeah, I said it throughout the preseason. I thought this was the best 1 to 90 roster mm-hmm. I've seen in a decade. And that's why and we'll get into it. They pared down the roster. There were a lot of tough decisions. But on this edition of the roundtable, the thing I want to talk about the most is what we do every week, the opponent. And as I get into Denver and I've been doing my prep, I'm going to say it a lot. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. They have dominated the Broncos and have won six in a row. Two Bronco head coaches have been fired because of, they, because of losing six in a row to the Raiders. Josh Jacobs is 7-0 and against Denver. 7-0 and against Denver, 721 yards and nine touchdowns. What Devontae Adams did against Denver last year was incredible. So you got two of the best players in the league, Devontae the best receiver and the leading rusher, going into mile high. I just think you live with these stars and let them go win the game for you. I mean, this is why you bring them in, right? This is why you have a Josh Jacobs. This is why you have a Devontae Adams for in that week one against a division opponent on the road. It's going to be, you know, loud, nasty. Those fans are going to bring the passion. You need to have your big dogs do big dog things. Mm-hmm. And we have Josh ba- Josh Higgins back in this building in a new number, which is going to take a little yeah. bit of getting used to, but yeah. it looks good in Nate. But all the same, this is what they get paid their big dollars for. Go be your best. Go put the team on your back. Go lead. Do what you need to do and ultimately bring the Raiders to where they, they got to go. We take a look at Josh last year as he agreed to a one-year deal with the Raiders. So he's back in the building. He led the league in rushing yards, scrimmage yards with 2,053, selected to the Pro Bowl and named first team All-Pro. 
What he had was a Marcus Allen-type season, and we, you and I had a front row for it. I did not think he would have that season. He played in Canton, Ohio, to start off at the Hall of Fame game. I was wondering what was going to go on with him. I didn't think that he was going to come in and lead the league in rushing because the offensive line was a work in progress. As you know, they had eight, seven guys that were trying to figure it out. The O-line did such a good job at doing their job, and Josh was just a bull. Eddie, he never wanted to come off the field. I, he didn't even look to the sideline last year and say, hey, I'm raising my hand. I need a breather. He was an animal. I mean, to be fair, he made it impossible to right. take him off the field. We heard that most from head coach Josh McDaniels, but I really think what Josh Jacobs did is we learned a lot about mm-hmm. Josh last we year. Did. And Josh has been a tremendous uh, asset to our department, to this organization since he arrived. But really, to your point, like I'd be lying if I said that I thought Josh was going to have the type of season that he had last year. We saw him play in Canton, Ohio. You know the historic preference of Coach McDaniels and how he handles that running back room. And Josh Jacobs made him essentially look at everything he's done for the past two decades and say, hey, I got to kind of reevaluate. I got to reset my mechanism a little bit because this guy is playing so good, I can't take him off the field. Now, what he does is he sets the tone for what this team is going to be yes. offensively. Yes, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, you have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, all these great, fantastic weapons on the outside. But Josh Jacobs sets the tone for what this is, this team is going to be on the offensive offensive side of the football. Yeah, what we got to figure out with Josh is, and none of us know in the building how many touches mm-hmm. is he going to get. He missed the preseason. He came back. He didn't play in any games. He gets ample time to get ready for Denver. He knows the game plan. He knows the playbook as good as anybody. But the question is, with Zamir White ready to go and a hard runner out of Georgia, Josh out of Alabama, Zamir out of Georgia, these are two guys that can carry a heavy load. And I'm not here to predict how many touches he's going to get because we actually have no idea. But if he gets going early, stay with him again. And Devontae, the strength of Denver, which we're going to get into in a little bit with Lincoln Kennedy, Denver has one of the best secondaries in all of football. So if you want to play pitch and catch, you better do it with Devontae because Devontae has dominated. We got Michael Mayer now. Uh, I love Jacoby. Hunter Renthro is back healthy. With all this happening, I think the strength of the Raiders coming into this game with Jimmy Garoppolo, most importantly, Josh Jacobs, is spread Denver out. Go four wide with Josh behind the line of scrimmage. You have so many different looks now with Jimmy Garoppolo at the line of scrimmage, changing the play and going to a heavy run game or going to Devontae. There's no excuse here for the Raiders on offense. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's ready to roll, and they got stars all over this offense. Yeah, we're not going to be any healthier than we are this Sunday in, in Denver, right? And I think that's important for the, f- the fans to remember. But but really, I'm, I'm old school, right, JT? Mm. Run the ball. Good. Run the ball. Establish who you want to be at the line of scrimmage. Mm. Run behind that big offensive line, a much improved offensive line from a year ago. And you and I were talking about it. Candidly, an offensive line that, that I think surprised us in a positive way towards Absolutely. the back half of 2022. But run the ball. You have the, like you said, you have the league leading rusher. You have a guy that not only is, is in great shape, is ready to go. We don't know exactly how many touches he's going to get, but I think the beauty of having Zamir White there now is you can breathe a little bit easier if you're Josh McDaniels. Absolutely. You can breathe a little easier if you're this fan base because, you know, if Josh isn't in football shape, and Josh has never given us any reason to know that he is not in great shape, but you can't replicate football shape. You can't do it, right? The guy's been here for a week, uh, and regardless of if he plays 100% of the snaps, 20% of the snaps, having Zamir White there and having that type of productivity and what we saw from him in the preseason says, okay, even if we want to commit to the run, even if we say, hey, this is what Denver's giving us, but Josh just physically isn't able to do it, having Zamir there to pick up the uh, pick up the slack is going to be a big uh, big deal for the Silver and That's Black a great Sunday. segue, Eddie, because the Raiders, we're going to get into the roster breakdown here. The Raiders took five running backs here, and Zamir White, If he's going to get the ball, he's known about it for a while. Mm -hmm. Every day Josh wasn't here, Zamir was told, you better be ready to go. 
And so he's going to be ready to go here. But as we look at this roster breakdown, three quarterbacks, six wide receivers. What jumps out at me, Eddie, is six defensive tackles. We know who the defensive ends are, five linebackers, Marcus Peters we're going to get into, five safeties. But my takeaway here is the Raiders are still trying to figure out defensive tackle. They took two players who were recently drafted, traded one, put another on a practice squad, and said to Nestor Jade Silvera, other ones coming in, Byron Young, you're ready to go. We're impressed with you. So this defensive tackle position really jumps out at me. How about you? Yeah, and I think you bring up the great point with the big fellows in the middle of that defensive line. And I think it's a credit to Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels for understanding. You talk about the two guys they drafted a year ago and say, hey, maybe the progression isn't where we want it to be. Mm. Well, hey, we have a plan. We have a goal. We have a place that we're trying to get to. And if you're not going to be a part of that plan, we're going to bring guys that, that are going to be part of that plan and are kind of uh, you know doing what they need to do to ultimately end up on the 53. For me, I look at the interior of that offense offensive line. And I know it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but I think understanding the fact that this offensive line is better than it was a year ago. When the initial 53 came out, I was candidly very surprised that either Natani Muti or Alex Bars made yeah. this initial team. You look at a guy like Alex Bars, started 14 games with the silver and black last year. This isn't a guy who just showed up in late December and, and was a spot starter for this team. So I think that if you're a fan, you look at the depth of this offensive line now. You feel a lot better than you did a year ago. I think Jordan Meredith is going to be a guy that we lean on. Uh, Greg Van Roten, I think it's a Credit to the guys that they brought in and to go earn spots, and that's exactly what they did. Well, if you told me that after the recent draft I'd spend most of my August talking about Aiden O'Connell, yeah. I would have been a little bit surprised. Aiden O'Connell, we got a chance to see him in the preseason, in games, at practice when we were there. I'm really impressed. In three preseason games, 43 of 62, 482 yards, uh, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had a rating of 108.4. As we take a look at some of the video here, the ball came out nice. Look, he even ran the ball when he had to a little bit, but everything that they sold us on, taking him in the fourth round, because at that point I wanted another linebacker or a little bit of help on defense, I want to give Dave Ziegler a lot of credit. There were other teams that I found out that wanted Aiden O'Connell. He was not going to last past the fourth round. The Raiders knew it, and they took him, Eddie. And as we look at this, the way that ball comes out, I love his height. We're in an era now where smaller quarterbacks around six foot get the ball knocked down. I was blown away by his play. Again, he's playing against threes and fours and sometimes twos, but Aiden O'Connell had a really good preseason. I think for me, as we watch the package right here, I think the biggest thing for me, JT, is this doesn't look like a guy who is under duress. This doesn't look like, like to me, right like point. a guy who was playing college football nine months ago. This looks like a poised veteran in the NFL, and I think you brought up a great point, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but we do have to remind the fan base, this is a guy who's playing against twos and threes. He's not playing against the starting defense, but all the same, you can only control what's in front of you, and this guy, for three weeks very much looked the part of an NFL quarterback. He, he looked poised, he looked collected, and he looked very much in control of this offense. And for an offense that you and I have heard so much about over the past year and a half, how complicated it is, how complex it is, how many little idiosyncrasies there are to be successful at it. This rookie from Purdue did a heck of a job getting this team in and out of the huddle. Look, Drew Brees played at Purdue. Okay, Drew Brees. And we're looking at Aiden O'Connell, the all-time leader in completion percentage, 66.7, and his passer rating, 141.8. There was a reason they took him there. And I think the reason had to do with the fact that if you got to break the glass and if someone goes down, he could come in there and run the offense efficiently. Obviously hand it off, but the ball will come out quickly. He's the type of quarterback 
that you're not going to see him running around scrambling, going crazy. What you're going to do is see him make a quick decision, Eddie, if he gets in, and if that player is covered, he's instantly going to get to the next uh, open receiver and move it down the line with his progressions. I think he's strong at that, and I think that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler saw that, and now he looks like a really good pick going forward. And I think the biggest number, JT, when we go through Aiden's stat line is zero. Zero yeah. interceptions. He dropped back 62 times through 62 passes. Zero interceptions. And for a rookie in the NFL, even going against twos and threes, that is not an easy thing to do. And we know how important it is in the NFL, particularly with head coach Josh McDaniel's system, protect the football. And this young fella did exactly that. How about Christian Wilkerson and what he was able to do in three preseason games, 17 receptions, a buck 88, 11.1 was the average there, and a touchdown. He led all players in the NFL with 17 receptions during the preseason. The entire league. That's why he made the team. They went to him several times. It was a tough decision. When you look at Dorsett, Sims, who are they going to keep as that final receiver? He earned it, Eddie. You were at every practice. You, you talked about him. Every day he went out there, he put something on tape that made him, made him a player that you just couldn't let go or put on the practice squad. Productivity. Yeah. The name of the game, right? It's what have you done for me lately? In the case of Christian Wilkerson, he did a lot for this team recently or as of late. And I think for me, JT, when you look at, at what Wilkerson did over the course of training camp, I, I kind of look at it this way. You know, I always play the game, how many times do I write your number down in my mm-hmm. notebook during a, during a training camp practice? And the first couple practices, Ah, not so much, but really as we progress, as we go through joint practices, as we started playing games, it's hard to ignore him. And then especially what he did in that preseason finale, he said, hey, don't forget about me. I'm still here. I'm still working. I earned a spot on this 53, and ultimately that's exactly what he did. If you take a look, and we'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo coming up in a bit with Lincoln Kennedy, what Wilkerson does is he's a guy that Jimmy can go to when everything breaks down. Mm. So he's going to come in there. He's not going to be the primary receiver. But if you look at what Jimmy did with the 49ers, and he was great at it. He had Debo, Ayuk. He had Kittle, who was fantastic. He had McCaffrey. And the ball was just spread out beautifully. That's the Patriots system. The Brady system of Garoppolo and now here with Jimmy G with the Raiders is throw to the open guy who's wide open because they're going to double-team Devontae. They're going to put people in the box to stop Josh. What Wilkerson's going to be able to do is in single coverage, Eddie, he's going to beat his man on a quick Twerk, he's going to move on the inside or outside. He's going to be open. He's got big hands. He's going to catch the ball and keep this offense on the field. That's what I love about him. Take advantage of your opportunity, yeah. right? Because when you do have a guy like Devontae Adams who's going to get all the eyeballs in the world, very de- deservingly so, you have a guy like Hunter Renfro, Michael Mayer, who I know both of us are really excited to see in game action starting this weekend. You're going to get your chances to go look at the guy in front of you and say, I'm bigger, faster, stronger, Jimmy G, give me a chance. And so I think when we look at Wilkerson, that is the area that he is going to thrive. When the scheme, when the defensive scheme puts him one-on-one with a DB, Say, hey, Jimmy, give me a chance to go get it because there's so many other eyeballs on other guys on this team. I think that's where we're going to see him do his best. Uh, and I'm really excited for what he's, uh, his numbers are going to look like at the end of the year. You know, Jacoby looks to be the yeah, number Jacoby two. Too, yeah. He looks to be the number two, obviously, and they love him and what he can do. Wilkerson reminds me a lot of Jacoby. You know, thank God we know the numbers and the fans. The national media doesn't know this. National media doesn't know the difference between Jacoby Myers and what we just talked about with Wilkerson. But I think if Wilkerson can get a couple of big first downs early in this season, Jimmy is going to have a lot of trust with him. We got Lincoln Kennedy coming up next. 
Excited to talk to him as we continue on Raiders Roundtable. We'll look at the offensive line and the matchup coming up in Mile High against the Denver Broncos. Raiders fans, you can be here for live NFL action all season long. As the official ticket marketplace of the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL, Ticketmaster is a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Whether you're cheering on the Raiders at home or away, find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Raiders. We're back on Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union. That's Eddie Pascal. We bring in the great Lincoln Kennedy. And Lincoln, good to be back. Another year with you on the Roundtable. And I want to start off with the first series against the Rams. When we were in L.A., we went to the joint practices. Then we got a chance to see the Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo go 4-4 four four for 39 yards, 107.3 rating. What could you tell us when the starters got in what you saw in L.A.? Well, first of all, it was refreshing to see the starters actually play in a preseason game. You know, we haven't had the luxury of seeing that over the last couple of years. Uh, and I thought it was good for the team. I, I remember talking to Josh Josh McDaniels uh, in the production meeting and, and just finding out he wanted to see these guys sort of click together. So it's a good sign. And with only being, you know, with these days only having three preseason games, it puts a lot more pressure on coaches. Coaches get a lot more out of the inner squad practices or practicing against other teams uh, throughout the preseason rather than putting them in the, in the preseason game you know worrying about injury but it was really refreshing to see I thought both sides of the ones have clicked there was good energy and so I'm really excited about this game against Denver you know Link we look at Jimmy G's line and we talked about a 4-4 yards 107.3 passer rating but for a guy like Jimmy who hasn't played football in a long time like how valuable is it just to get hit just to break a sweat just to feel uncomfortable back there for a little bit leading into week one well, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's valuable for certain veterans that have played a lot, but I think when you talk about coming to a new team and a new coaching staff and a new system and new playmakers around you, look, Eddie and JT, no receiver runs an out pattern the same way. So you got to get familiar with that in game speed. And that's what Jimmy G was able to do with the one's offense. And I think that's important, that timing, that game speed timing, because I know it's preseason, but you still can't duplicate that type of speed when you're doing practices or even when you're practicing against other teams because there's something that's not missing. Uh, there's always something that's missing. You know, when you talk talk about the 707 drills, there's no pass rush. Mm -hmm. So there's no feeling of, you know, being uncomfortable. And when you talk about full team, everything is is sort of slated. The coaches, you know, uh, script everything out. So if you're going to play cover two, I'm going to run this type of play. So, I mean, it's it, it's a little bit better for them to have that game time feeling and, that, and just have that lather and know what it's like to get that game time routine. Lincoln captains were announced here. Not a lot of surprises. Jimmy G, Devontae, Colt Miller, Josh Jacobs, who's back in the building. Then we'll go Mac. Marcus Epps, a new player, and Roberts Blaine. And then on special teams, two of the best, Carlson and Cole. I want to begin linking with Epps and Spillane. I think they are critical to this season here. They come in and they're captains, and they've never played a game as a Raider. Spillane, let's start with him and what we didn't get a chance to see him much in the preseason, but at practice, what do you like about his game, especially trying to set up this defense? His ability to cover a tight end or a back out of the backfield is absolutely essential to this defense's success. More importantly, getting everybody lined up in the Patrick Graham defense is important. But I would say this, you know, from what I've seen through training camp or what I saw, and, and, and you know, especially when they practice against the 49ers, you know, Robert Spillane hadn't stood out. I mean, he really did. He made a name for himself. And I think he took a lot of pressure off of Diablo and the others, you know, Luke Masterson and the other guys around him because he is a veteran and he knows how to get the play in and out and get everyone lined up. Same thing can be said about Epps. I thought it was tremendously uh, impressive to see Epps come in and instill. A lot of times when free agents come to new teams, guys, 
They're a little reluctant and hesitant to be boisterous or outspoken in the locker room on the football field. But I think that something that this team has been lacking for quite some time, and you've seen the young guys sort of, uh, sort of emerge, like the Max Crosbys and the Josh Jacobs, into that position. But you, this team needs senior leadership. This team needs guys who've been around, who played, and who can absolutely instill themselves not only in the locker room, but also on the football field by the way they, pro, the way they play. You know, Lincoln, switching to the offensive side of the football, and, and I mean this in the best possible way, it feels like Colton Miller is a little bit of the forgotten man, right? Mm. Just a guy who shows up to work every day, does his thing, locking down the left side of that offensive line. When you look at Colton this year going into the season, uh, Link, what do you want to see from him? What have we continued to see from him? And because in my opinion, he's quietly become one of the really, really good uh, premier left tackles in the NFL. Well, first of all, Eddie, you said earlier in this bro- this podcast that, uh, you know, we're not talking about offensive line. I know we're not talking about sexy. I take offense to that. I, I, th- I think we're incredibly sexy. <laughs> and look, it's just here, here's the thing. You know, when you talk about Colton Miller, and I, I had this conversation with somebody in, in training camp talking about how he is underrated. Yes, he's underrated. But when it comes to offensive line, the first thing that stands out when you talk about national stats or recognition is the overall production of the offensive line. You get some sort of recognition and notice, you know, when you have a tremendous year, you know, for, for example, when we played, when I played, you know, one year we had the number one rushing offense, the following year we had the number one overall offense, then your offensive linemen start to stand out. And that's what's going to happen with Colton Miller. I do think he's one of the top three tackles in the league. Okay. I, I do think that, but a lot of people don't recognize it because the Raiders haven't had a ton of success. You got to have success for those offensive line to be recognized. I'm happy you brought that up. I'm saying this year he's a pro bowler. He should be a pro bowler. I mean, the yes. Raiders drafted him correctly. He's fantastic. He's an iron man. This should be the year. And how did he not get more recognition last year when they led the league with the leading rusher? So I, I think he he's one of those guys that you don't see the chip on him. I don't see I saw the chip on Lincoln his entire career when I, I always talk about Lincoln warming up on the sideline, seeing Lincoln in the locker room after a game. I always saw the chip with Lincoln. You don't see that all the time with Colton Eddie. He's not one of those guys who walks around the locker room or warms up the way Lincoln does. He just goes about his job and he's a great player. Yeah, I mean he's not a rah rah guy, but no. you don't need him to be a rah rah guy. I think, and we've we've seen this from Jimmy, and he's talked about it a lot. Just be yourself. That people mm. ask Jimmy about his leadership style and where it came from. He goes, I'm just being myself. And I think to a guy like Colton, he's just being himself. He's a quiet, understated, Absolutely. lead by example kind of guy. And hey, we talked about it earlier, JT. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Lincoln, let's and when get... it comes to offensive line, JT, I mm-hmm. just want to add one more point. When it comes to offensive line, offensive lines are graded off of consistency. And as a collective unit, they're graded off of consistency. So if one guy breaks down, it looks bad for the offensive line collectively. If you have a, 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 a an iron front up front, collectively, then you'll have your individual recognition. And that's what I think the Raiders are on par to do something this year. Even with the changes they made to the offensive line, I'm really interested to see how they perform. All right, Lincoln, let's go to your biggest takeaway from the preseason. I love the balance, guys. I love the balance. Mm. The fact is we have a number of notable receivers that can catch the ball. You're not out there trying to toss it around. I love the balance that I saw, you know, with the running game and the passing game. And I think that's going to be critical. You have to have balance because, you know, Eddie alluded to it, JT, you talked about it as well. If they focus on one guy, somebody else is going to have to have production. I like the downhill running. I like the isos as a blast where they're running between the tackles. More importantly, I like the fact that they were able to experience uh, experiment with the outside tosses and the sweeps to maybe get outside the box. These are all critical. These are all things that the Raiders, I know they had the rushing champion last year with Josh Jacobs, but these are things that are valuable because when people load the box, 
and you have defensive ends that sometimes, like Max Crosby, want to slam in. You got to be able to get to the outside. Therefore, you have to have a good blocking tight end. You got to have guys in place that know what their their assignment is. And more importantly, when they bring that eighth player down in the box, you got to have to, a capable receiver that can go in and dig that receive that that safety out. We saw all that during the preseason. That was really good for me. Yeah, I mean, Link, we talk about that balance on offense and how important it is, and I think you hit the nail on the head, where especially for a team like this, when you have Josh Jacobs, when you have a Jimmy G, that balance is important. But you look at the defensive side of the football, and I think for me, I was so happy, JT, the fact that this defense continued to uh, force takeaways. We mm-hmm. saw it in practice, we saw it in the joint practices, and ultimately we saw it in the preseason. So, Link, what, how important is it to see it as a defense, but not only just in practice, but see it continually through the preseason as we get ready for week one? Eddie, we're going to have to see the same energy that we saw in the practices against the Rams and the 49ers brought to the field collectively. And I use that word again because it's a, it takes 11 guys out there. You can rely on Max Crosby all you want, but there's going to have to be other guys that are going to chip in because when they try to take Max Crosby out of it and they double-teamed him a lot, and especially in the second year, and tried to double-team him last year to no success, he was still a beast. But there's going to be guys that are going to – there are going to be teams that are going to be game-planning for, for Max Crosby. Someone else is going to have to step forward. Coverage on the back end is absolutely essential. You know, Mary and Epps are going to have to learn how to cover these effective tight ends, especially in our division. And these quarterbacks that are capable of stretching the field, they're going to have to be well-disciplined. More importantly, they're going to have to take advantage of the opportunity of getting turnovers. How many drop balls did we see in the preseason in games? How many drop possible interceptions? Those are going to be huge as far as changing the tide of a game and changing the flow of a game. That's why it's absolutely essential this defense be better in those areas. Well, the word that Dave Ziegler uses all the time is disruptor. He wants smarter and faster players. You hear that all the time, but he wants disruptors. And he drafted, I think, his first disruptor, which was Tyree Wilson. And he got up to speed, played a little bit in Dallas. We got a chance to talk to him after the game in the locker room, another composed, kind of quiet guy. And he is critical coming off the edge because depending on what goes on with Max on the other side with the double teams that we see, Lincoln, he's got to have a big rookie year. I know they wanted to get him through the injury. Get, they drafted a player that they knew wasn't at 100%. That showed to me how much they loved this player. They knew his timeline would be right. I spent pretty much the entire offseason on Raider Nation Radio calming everyone down. Is Jimmy G going to be healthy? Yes, he's got plenty of time. Is Tyree going to be healthy? Yes, it was easy to see the timeline on this. But now, Lincoln, Tyree Wilson, first three out of four games are on the road. And going up against Josh Allen after Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert is right there, and then Pittsburgh comes here for the home opener. I got to see something out of him, and I want to see him bat down balls. I think at the line of scrimmage, if he can't get home, knock a couple of balls down and be that disruptor. Well, he's long, he's Mm -hmm. strong, he's athletic, he's everything that you want in a defensive end. And the reason why the Raiders drafted him with their first pick, the thing is, is that, guys, he needs reps. He just needs game speed reps. He, he, he's capable because we've seen what he's, he's able to do in college. He had the one tackle in the Dallas game and got out there and got the field. He's got to get those reps against those starting offensive tackles in the National Football League. He's got to see them first and foremost. So the great thing about starting off with Denver, we have to play Denver twice. He's going to get two, two cracks at bowls, the left tackle, uh, if he's out there playing, mm. against, you know, playing against Denver. These are critical reps for him. And as far as his experience and growth, he'll watch Max Crosby. He'll try to do 
duplicate the energy. He knows Chandler Jones. He'll try to duplicate that energy. So he has guys around him that he's seen before and that he's watched before all through training camp. He just needs game reps. I don't think I think he's going to be fine now that he's healthy and the, and the and the training staff did a great job of just slowly bringing him along. Showed his progression and the, and the fact that he got on the football field in the Dallas game was good. Uh, th- he just needs NFL reps. Mm-hmm. You know, JT, I want to go back to something that you said real quick, though, where you talk about the fan base and kind of the, I don't want to say the the overexcitement, but we talk about, hey, is Jimmy G going to be ready to go? He was. Is Tyree Wilson going to be ready to go? He was. I think that it says a lot about this staff, that mm-hmm. everything they've said is going to happen in terms of timeline, where guys are, what they're going to be able to do to contribute has come to fruition. And I think that's a very important kind of baseline to set headed into 2023. This guy was drafted to be a pro bowler. We didn't know Max Crosby when he was drafted. We didn't know if he was going to be elite. He's beyond elite. Max is building a career that looks to be a gold jacket somewhere down the road. He wasn't taken number seven overall. Tyree was, Lincoln. I'm not, you make a great point. He needs reps. I'm looking at this Denver game saying anything he gives us is great. If he has a sack, a sack and a half, he bats down a ball, fantastic. But as his cardio builds and as he gets those reps, Lincoln, he has got to be a stud. He's seventh overall, the first pick for the Raiders in the draft, and he's an impact guy, and they passed on a first cornerback overall. They passed on you know another type of player on offense that could have been helped to the team. So I love this kid. I've been in NBA locker rooms. He looks – I can't even describe what he looks like. He's a stretch like. four. He looks like Kevin Durant. He looks like Kevin Durant with big muscles. He's like <laughs> a LeBron in a way, and I'm expecting him to have a big year. And, Lincoln, we want to now move into the Broncos as we have you here. This is a massive game. Before you came on, and you'll be on the call with Jason Horowitz, I've been saying if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They fired two head coaches in Denver. They couldn't beat the Raiders. You lose, You know this. You despise Denver. I think that's the one team you wanted to beat more than anyone is the Raider. Now Sean Payton comes in. He is a hell of a coach. He's a potential Hall of Famer, some people think. But Lincoln were catching him week one, and it looked like he tried to fix Russell Wilson. He told him, get your guys out of the locker room, lose some weight, be leaner, and listen to authority, and I think Sean Payton's got a lot of power, Lincoln, in that, in that organization, but it is his first game. Well, the organization gave up a lot of collateral to get Russell Wilson. They also gave up a lot of collateral to get Sean Payton. Yeah. And Sean Payton was always one of those coaches that wanted to get his guys as close to their college playing weight as possible. That's one of the things I remember about mm-hmm. Sean Payton. So what he was able to do for 15 years down in New Orleans was absolutely impressive, bringing that city its first Super Bowl. And, of course, people think in Denver they want to see if they can bring that magic back so they're trying to retread these tires. It's going to be an interesting test. It's going to be interesting to see how Russell Wilson – you know, who I think is Mr. Improvisation. Mm-hmm. When he was at Seattle, he was one of those guys that you can never count out because if he scrambled out, he still had the ability to throw the ball around 50, 60 yards downfield. They don't have their receiver conglomerate like they normally would have, and I don't think Judy's going to play. I'll be interested to mm-hmm. see how that's going to happen. So they're going to have some injuries on that side of the ball. But I've said for the last couple of years that the Raiders have dominated the the the, the Broncos for the last three years. I've said they're just a quarterback away from figuring this thing out because they've got players. You mm-hmm. talked about their secondary we talked about their defense they made some changes on defense but they still have the ability to stop the run and be stout defensively their their problem their biggest problem last year was offense and I think they might have that figured out when I watched the film on them especially with their running game so it'd be a great test for the Raiders but nothing is forget nothing is uh, taken for granted as yeah. you already know JT when you're playing against especially
especially a division rival. It's not as hyped up as it was in the years past, especially when I played, how Denver despised us. But it's still there. It's still present because they want to get off the snide and they want to find a way to beat this team that they haven't been able to do in the last three years. You know, Link, week one is always such a unique kind of proposition. And JT and I were talking about this off the air. You know, week one is just so funky, for lack of a better term. How do you, from a game planning perspective, go about getting ready for a team, a Sean Payton-led team? You don't know exactly what he's going to bring to the table. It's week one. It feels like there's a lot of unknowns there, Link. How do, if you're head coach Josh McDaniels and his staff, how do you go about trying to put together the most comprehensive game plan uh, for a team that you're kind of, I don't want to say guessing about, but still have some things that you need to figure out a little bit? Well, Eddie, this is a classic case of making adjustments on the fly. Where you we get in a game and you see how the flow is going and you see what they're doing on both sides of the ball, you've got to make adjustments. Your biggest adjustments are going to come at halftime. You don't know. You don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what you're going to see. But at the same point, you're confident in what you can do on both sides of the ball. And that's why I think preseason is also important because you want to make sure everybody has their schemes and understands their schemes. And you want to do what you know how to do best. For example, in the offense, running between the tackles. You had success running between the tackles. Let's do that. You know, a, a big thing that I think the Raiders are still working on is their screen and draw game to help take pressure off the quarterback in that pass rush. And I think we've seen times at that. Heck, you remember the um, Josh Jacobs a couple of years ago in Denver when he had that screen for a touchdown. I stood up in the in the booth and I clapped because I was like, <laughs> I've been waiting for, for the scene of the screen to happen. So, um, you know, it's instances like that. As a team, Eddie and JT, you know what you're capable of. You know what your strengths are. You go out there and you try them. And if Denver makes adjustments and they're able to stop it, well, you, you maybe turn the page and like try something different. Let's go something new. But it's always a game of adjustments, and I think that's essential this week. Yeah, as we opened up Raiders Roundtable, we told you Josh Jacobs is 7-0 and against the Broncos. 7-0, and his career versus Denver, he's averaging 103 yards a game, 4.7 a carry, 9 touchdowns. And last season, he averaged 126. Point five, almost five yards of carry and two touchdowns. And Max, Max has dominated Denver too. As we're looking at Josh here, he's unbelievable. Max, four sacks, uh, six tackles for losses. We're looking at Josh just running downhill. And what I love about these highlights, Eddie, with Josh, is that when he gets hit, he gets hit. He's going forward for another three or four or five yards. I think that's six on this one, dude. Right, yeah. and, and that's what I love. He's pushing forward because as much as we talk about Denver's elite, and I think they're young and elite, and they're going to be really good in the back end of their defense, they're tacklers. They're more, they're more ball hawks than they are tacklers. So if Josh can get through to the next level, I think he can run over some of these guys and pick up more yards. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen it, right? We're looking at the uh, the evidence right here. Mm. And this is Josh does this against every every team, right? 31 other teams Josh Jacobs does this against. But for whatever reason, he must not like the color orange or he doesn't like Denver. I don't know what it is, JT, but it feels like he gets to another level he does. when he's playing the Broncos. And really, we talked about it a little bit uh, earlier, too. It's like, depending on where Josh is cardio-wise, similar to Tyree, mm. This is what Zamir White does also. Zamir White falls forward. Zamir does not go down at first contact. So if you want to lean on a defense, if you want to really exert your will and show this is who we are, this is the kind of game you go do it. Lincoln, the issue here is Denver knows this. Okay, you played multiple Pro Bowls. You got a coach in Sean Payton who knows Josh Jacobs has destroyed this franchise. What is Denver going to do to try to sit here and game plan the game? Are they going to try to take him out of the game, number one, and have Jimmy G beat him in the air? What do you think the game plan is for Denver? 
Well, I, I expect it to be, as Sean Payton has already said, he doesn't necessarily particularly game plan for one particular player. He doesn't do that. Uh, and But I know they're going to take notice. And there, here's the thing. Here's what we've seen in the past. Guys have loaded the box, have brought the eighth man down in the box, daring you to pass. I don't know if that's what Denver is prepared to do, but I have seen them stack the line of scrimmage. They play they at times when they the Raiders have played the Broncos, I've seen the old 46 bear defense where they load up mm. the offensive line. They put a man on everyone in the offensive line then they have a linebacker or safety free in 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 the box well what when you do that obviously you're taking you're making passing opportunities but you don't want to get away from the run you want to make adjustments sometimes you have to dig that have a receiver come in and dig that safety out or an extra man sometimes your running back has got to be your his own blocker but the great thing that you guys have talked about with jacobs and white is the same thing those guys run hard they run downhill and here's the thing i think what's going to happen this year Last year, Josh Jacobs carried the ball over 300 times. That's a great wear and tear on the body. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to have more running back by committee. And I think by having Zamir White take a bulk of the reps in the preseason, you show that ability that you have that transition and that little bit of a changeup. Because both of them run those isos and blasts a little bit different. Um, and so we'll see how the, the, the Broncos make their adjustments. But I just expect... You know, trying to do a little bit more play action out of a I formation or a two-back mm -hmm. backfield. Uh, we saw that with the tight ends. We saw that with, with Jakob Johnson. He's the only fullback on the roster. But when you generally bring in Johnson, most teams will bring in another linebacker because they think you're going to run the ball. That gives you an opportunity to open up some uh, things on the back end with play action. You know, Link, to your point, I think we're definitely going to see a little bit more running back by committee, especially in these first few weeks of 2023 where we kind of gather where Josh is uh, football shape-wise. But, you know, we were talking about Max Crosby's line, Link, and JT Redder. You go four sacks, six tackles for loss, five quarterbacks hits, and a, a forced fumble against the Broncos a year ago. What does it mean to a defense to have a guy like Max, a game-wrecking kind of guy, particularly on the road. We know going to Denver, that is going to be a hostile environment. These fans are going to be ready to rock week one. But you have a guy like the Condor, like number 98, who can silence a crowd. What does that do for an entire collective defense? Well, it, it really pumps you up because you know you got a playmaker, a guy who can make plays on the off on the defensive line. And look, the the Broncos addressed it. They went out and got McGlinchey from San Francisco because they knew right tackle they, they was a big fall off. So they went out and got a veteran to try to, to, to handle Max Crosby. And that's why it's a collective effort on that front four. Even if Max is double teamed, somebody else has got to get open and disrupt the backfield. But it, you know, you look at Max's energy, even when he wasn't on the field. Look at him on the sideline. He was on the preseason. I mean, he was yeah. getting everybody pumped up I mean he was getting everybody in that's what you want I mean that's a that's a leader he's only not he's not only a leader by his his ways and his actions he's also leaders by his comments and getting his teammates pumped up they feed off of that energy we didn't see a lot of that last year collectively as the defense. There were times there were some letdowns, but I think this defense is in a better position. You know, getting Marcus Peters, having a successful draft, getting Epps. You got guys that can play and could play at a high level. That's what you need, especially in this highly competitive division. All right, guys, I'll go first. Here's my key to the game. Russell Wilson running. I've been pounding this. I'll pound it all week on Raider Nation Radio. I think the only chance Denver has of winning this game is third and six, third and eight, third and nine. Russell Wilson getting back to the old Russell Wilson where he looks over the field. They run a couple of deep routes. He sees it open and he takes off. And it's going to be on Diablo and Spillane to stop him. Someone, Lincoln, I'll throw to you with a spy. You hear that term spy all the time. I don't see any part of their game plan. They can run it. They got a couple of good backs. But Russell Wilson spent the entire offseason being criticized from the Denver media, let alone the national media, that he's not the player. He lost the weight. He's more fit. 
I think if the Raiders can keep him in the pocket and not have him take off and run the ball and get him off the field, Lincoln, on third down, they'll have a better chance to win. I'm very concerned with Russell Wilson running the ball again. Well, it's a very tall task, JT. The fact is that ever since Russell Wilson has been in the league and he's learned how to use the ro- the rules of the for the quarterback to help him, he's either gotten out of bounds, he's slid when he's running, but he's been able to get out of the pocket. He's that active, uh, and he and he and he's at that that athletic. And the thing about having a spy, you better have a spy that can keep up with him. You better have a spy that can run with him. Russell has some speed and he has some some elusiveness. So if you're going to spy, you're going to take another person out of a responsibility, you better make sure they can keep up with him. It, it's easier said than done to say that you want to keep him in the pocket. It, for me, it's just taking away his first and second read and making him more inclined to look at the rush rather than the survey down the field. Because when he looks at the rush, as a great Joe Blue once told me, if a quarterback looks at the rush, he can't throw downfield because he's not looking downfield. So mm-hmm. those are the things that I want to be able to take away. Take his eyes, harass him so what so much, a collective effort by the defensive front, or whether you're blitzing or just rushing for to get to him and make him take his eyes off of the receivers downfield and worry about the Max Crosby's or, 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 or some of the other guys out there. You know, Lincoln, week one is so important to set the tone for what this team wants to be, particularly on the road, going out, like we talked about, loud, raucous environment out there in Denver, really saying, this is who we're going to be in 2023. But particularly for the Raiders, like we go, well, this first four is tough, man. Tough, man. You go uh, on the road to Denver, on the road to Buffalo, back home, home opener against the Steelers, and Allegiant Stadium is going to be jumping Sunday for night. that one. Sunday night. Big dog football. And then back on the road against the Chargers. Link, when you have this kind of heavy influx of road games to start the season, is this an opportunity for the team to kind of have that opportunity to grow together, to bond. It almost feels, I don't want to say it's like training camp light, but you really get to look at the schedule and be like, hey, for the next four weeks, it's everyone against us. Well, it's it's always that week. It doesn't matter who you're playing or who we're playing, Eddie. I mean, everyone that despises the Raiders, and for the most part, we despise everyone that's outside <laughs> uh, Raider Nation. So, you know, I, I think of it as a, a unique challenge. Most of the times, if I remember correctly, most of the time our first couple of games were at home, um, and, and, you know, and, and inside the stadium, and then we go on the road. But I look at it this way. Uh, when I remember the days when you look at the schedule when it came out, the first thing I remember looking at is when do we play Denver? in Denver, and when do we play Kansas City in Kansas City? Because mm. it's possibly two of the coldest games. Now, when you when you when you multiply when you look at it, you know collectively, you got Pittsburgh at home, you got Buffalo early. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you got you Denver it. early. These are things where if I was in that locker room, I'm like, you, yo, we need to take advantage of this because we got them on perfect terms. We don't have to worry about weather. We don't have to worry about any of that. Let's go out there and do what we do. We do best, and we do it now, and we do it early, and plus you get off to a good start. Lincoln, safe travels to Denver. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for everything as always. See you guys. That's a great Lincoln Kennedy. Eddie, as we wrap this up, we want to get to some programming. We'll be here on Raiders Roundtable every Tuesday. So follow us as you do on all the social media roundtable right here on YouTube and all the other platforms. Your podcast coming up on Thursdays. Upon further review on Thursdays, we'll be hanging out with the uh, the Raiders players, giving you a little something different that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, certainly not the X's and O's breakdown that you see here, and, and you and Link do such a great job of, but uh, really kind of lifting the veil and showing what these guys can do a little bit off the field. Yep, and the Silver and Black show on Friday, I'll have the exclusive interview with Josh McDaniels. We'll do it here in this studio. Excited about that. And Raiders game day on Sunday, I'll do the pre uh, pregame with Eric Allen, the postgame, and 
We'll have an opportunity to talk about that, and then we jump into Raider Nation Radio, our flagship station. We got full coverage. Absolutely. Really excited about what Raider Nation Radio is going to bring to the uh, the calendar this year. Uh, renewed, infused, full yeah. of energy. A lot of uh, exciting voices down there, and uh, yeah, it's it's a this is the best part of the year, JP. Well, I'm asking every Raider fan to do us a favor because I know who you are. Get up for this. This is an opportunity now to start the season fresh with a different roster. Get behind this team, and let's see what could happen. Because as we said, three out of four on the road, the Sunday night home opener to Pittsburgh is going to be a big one. And the Raiders have an opportunity to make a statement coming up this Sunday in Mile High, taking on the Denver Broncos. For Eddie Pascal, Lincoln Kennedy, I'm JT. Thanks for joining us on Raiders Roundtable. Raiders fans, you can be here for live NFL action all season long. As the official ticket marketplace of the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL, Ticketmaster is a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Whether you're cheering on the Raiders at home or away, find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Raiders. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com.